0: Welcome to the REI Foundation Podcast, where we cover all the steps and strategies to make your real estate dreams a reality. Now, your hosts, Jason and Peely. Hi, everybody, and welcome again to the REI Foundation Podcast with Jason and Peely. Today, we welcome Chris Sieslack and Rick Doherty. Hi, Rick.
1: Hey, guys. Hi. Hi, guys. Hi, Chris. And uh, that might be the ten episodes straight without Peely butchering someone's name. So we, we've done it. We've made it through an intro. Yes. All right. So all downhill from here.
0: No, all, all uphill. Because right, we're gonna be talking about real estate with these two awesome professionals. How are you guys doing today?
1: We're doing well.
2: Perfect. Very well. How about you guys?
0: Fantastic.
1: Yeah, doing great. So, a little context, we actually just I actually haven't met in person with Rick, uh, Rick and Chris, uh, but Peely was actually at a mastermind with both of them uh, about a month ago and we just were enthralled with all the different things that you guys have taken on. So These guys are killing it, folks. So, we would love to just get a little more context about uh, who you are and where you're at and your real estate background
2: well you want to start or you can start so our background um so we kind of met you know the the 92nd version is uh so we met at a local bank here that we both started working at same week uh, five six years ago um met at a local ria group again just kind of unexpectedly um kind of we walked in on opposite ends of the room was like hey what are you doing here what are you doing here we're both interested in it. We were both totally green at the time. And so that was literally five, six years ago. And uh, about a, probably about a year into that, we started buying and just haven't stopped since. So we've kind of done a little bit of everything from wholesaling in the beginning to a lot of rentals. Uh, we flip a ton of places now and we've also kind of graduated, if you want to call into some commercial properties as well.
1: That's awesome. So when you're both working at the bank, did either of you know that the other one was interested in real estate or it took the RIA meeting?
3: Not until the RIA meeting. Yeah. RIA.
0: yeah. So. Wow, that's amazing. It's just That's why you should always go to your local RIA meetings, uh, talk to people, network. You never know who you're going to meet.
1: And when you met at that real estate meeting, how long after that did I, I guess two part questions. One is how long after that was it that you guys started working together and what stood out that you thought that this would be a great partnership?
3: So, <laughs> I think we like, we um, talked like sort of like just talked about it for a while and like, you know, get each other's like cubicles at off at the work. And, um, you know, he had a deal that he was wholesaling or trying to wholesale. And I was like, I didn't even know what a wholesaling was. It was foreign to me. I was just like, you buy stuff. That's what real estate is. You just buy things. Uh, and he was like, and it was like a good deal. And I was like, well, we should buy it. And then he was like, well, I don't want to wholesale it. And then it was like, he was like, I don't think it's a, as great of a deal it is. And now we, now historically, we'd be like, yeah, there's, we thought $200,000 <laughs> on the table. Like we're, you know, it was very green at the time. Um, I think that's sort of, we just started talking about potential deals that were out there. And then we finally were like, well, let's just do one together. And, you know, did every mistake you could wrong and did all the work ourselves. And we're not handy. Um, still not handy. Still <laughs> not
1: handy. Nope. Um, good so, note for that point. But, you, you know, you want to know your avenue. So like that, that's yeah, good. Yeah. You
3: know. Yeah. If there's a hammer involved, someone else should be swinging it. So <laughs> I
0: was going to say like our, uh, like our, friendly mentor, uh, Justin Williams loves to say, don't swing hammers.
2: Yeah.
1: But in regards to where you're at today and uh, let's just talk about that first deal. So, so what was it? Why did you choose the route you did? And uh, what was the result?
2: The first deal was actually uh, I know exactly when we closed that we closed on it on uh, it was a three unit in a not so very nice neighborhood in Rochester. Um, closed on it March first, two thousand twelve. Actually, that was the first first uh, deal we closed on. I think we went into it with the intention of we didn't have a good plan actually. Um, I think the idea was to hold it for a while, which we ended up holding it for. For close to a year, uh, we ended up flipping it. Long story which, short, which that year was our rehab time as well. Yes, <laughs> one apartment, one small, one bedroom apartment. Which we learned a lot of things <laughs> that, <laughs> in that particular had some interest, have some interesting stories. I think my fondest memory—I'm not going to share that on this—but uh, of uh, my favorite story of us kind of being together—it comes from that one apartment on something that Chris Is found. It?
0: Is it, is it a really bad thing that you can't share on air or can you share it with us? Because we love stories. You...
3: Uh,
0: well, it, you know, what? if you can't share that one, give us another story. I'll share it. I'll share it.
3: I'll share it. I don't care. Yeah. <laughs> um, I'll try to, I got to put it in like, not R rating. Uh, so, so there was a bird's nest in the uh, ceiling of a bathroom and you know, like, The tenants were complaining about this bird's nest. And I was like, you know what? I'm just going to reach up in there and grab this like whatever's in there and just grab it and throw it out. So I'm up there grabbing. I'm pulling all this nest down into a trash bag. And the tenants are sitting there in the living room watching me doing this. And I finally grab something and it's squishy. (laughs) And I'm like blindly up in the ceiling grabbing. And I'm just grabbing and I'm like i like, I just look at him. I'm like, you need to shut the door. Like, just shut the door to the bathroom. So, like, we're both in this bathroom now. And I'm like, I just grab it and pull it down and throw it. And I'm like, and it was wrapped up in underwear. He thought it was a body. I thought was it was like, like a body. Oh, my
0: goodness. Up-
3: it ended up being a big sex toy.
0: <laughs>
3: <laughs> so, like, I had this thing in my hand. And I, <laughs> um, and I won't put details of exactly what it was, but yeah, yeah it wasn't.
0: Oh, I'm crying. Welcome to rehabbing. Oh yep. Welcome to real estate, everybody. Yep. <laughs> uh, I, bet, I think that's got to be one of the top ten stories. That's great. That in I
1: think it's great. Yeah, I love it. So, that'll be that'll be your intro right there. We'll let you go exactly. So, <laughs> so only upwards from there. Where Where do we go from there? Only. <laughs> <laughs>
3: We, um, we went to the oh, worst street in our city and bought the next nice house.
2: We did, yeah. Actually, this is true. So on the uppers, went to them <laughs> literally thirty days later. Yeah, we we closed on another three unit literally thirty days later. Um, and again, I, I you know I think we we didn't have a great plan of okay, are we going to hold these long term? Um, they both cash flowed well at the time, and uh, but we ended up flipping both of those um, and just kind of from there built up, you know, it seems like we've had a portfolio of between 30 and 40 rentals within that first year, year and a half. And that's kind of been our baseline of rentals because somebody will come along and offer a good amount of money for a package on something. And so we end up selling them. Um, we wholesale one year, the second year, in, I think we wholesale like 40 or 50 deals. Um, and then we've passed a couple of years, three years, we got heavy into into flipping. So...
0: That's an amazing story guys. I mean, you went from one rental, a 3 a 3 unit to another rental, a 3 unit. But even though you guys said that you don't really you didn't really have a plan going in, it it sounds like you guys were looking for deals that you could also cash flow on if you had to or mm-hmm. flip. Does that sound about right?
3: I think that's sort of always been our somewhat yeah. mentality is to have try to have two to three outs with something, you know, whether it's and I, the wholesaling has always sort of been there. It hasn't been a priority necessarily of ours, but it's like, okay, we can wholesale, we can rent it, or we can flip it. You know, So having three different options has been sort of a goal. Um, more lately, we've been into the residential flipping, which is a little bit more limited, but ideally we're buying something Good enough that you could wholesale it if you didn't want to close on it yourself.
0: <laughs> sounds like you guys actually had a really good plan because I mean, this is for anybody starting, anybody just in real estate in general. Having more outs for any property you buy is key because you never know what happens to the market. Because what if you take on a yeah. property that you can't flip? If it cash flows, then you are solid. So that sounds like you guys had a really good plan. And then let's go into your second year. You went, you did how many deals? You did forty or fifty wholesale deals.
2: That's awesome, guys. We did, I think our that might have been the third year, but into that second, third year, yeah, we did. Uh, we had a good connection with, and they were primarily to one one other guy. Um, so yeah, we had a good setup where I don't even remember how we found half of them. We don't do a whole lot of marketing, which is a shame on us for doing for not doing that. But I mean, we're always able to find deals. Um, but yeah wholesaling was a big piece of that year, and we added a few more rentals, I think throughout that and we, we probably flipped a handful during that year too. I just
0: So you yeah. guys just said that you didn't you don't do any marketing. what ninja tactics do you use to find your
2: deals? You don't mind sharing a little we do a little bit. We, do a little bit. Um, we network, I mean, I think ultimately and in, in, in all reality, the past couple of years like I mean foreclosures and some auctions have been where a lot of our deals come, but a lot of people bring us deals now just from, from being out and networking.
1: And if you have one guy who's basically buying all your deals and, and you're having such success with wholesaling, I mean, it proves two things. One, you don't need a huge buyers list. You just need one or two consistent buyers, which is great. I hope. And then why, why would just stop that trend if, if that was going so well?
2: So I challenge that. Um, I think that's ultimately what hurt that is that, they had a, a connection. So Rochester's an interesting market, a lot different than than anywhere else. There's a lot of out of state, a lot of out of country buyers here. So our connection had a had a connection in the Middle East, actually. So that their 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 connection actually dried up or their 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 process dried up. Um, which kind of dried us up just because we were limited to such, such few buyers actually. So I wouldn't encourage that. I mean, it's, it's nice to have that, but that's something that we've talked to, especially after getting back from uh, October is like, we really need to grow our buyers list again because we just, we don't have that in place right now.
1: What are some steps you're going to do to grow the buyers list?
2: <laughs> There's a, of in progress. That's cool. Uh, We're kind of started. We're starting from scratch. I have I have about
3: five thousand business cards sitting on my desk that probably should be gone through. Um, And we don't we don't have a CRM tool of any kind. So like need to and our our bookkeeper's in another room right now. Um, Need to have Tracy put those in a system for me.
1: (laughs) They have that uh, Uh, that whatever the card scanner. You could just scan them all in, get their email, just get one blanket email. Yeah, that's great.
3: So, so at least go through all that and get that put in place, and then you have to take that. Yeah, I think we're good. Okay, Um, you know, and then go do some of the simpler tactics of like reaching out to some realtors, you know, connecting with them, and then they were saying too doing the searches um, to get the cash buyers in there, the, the other cash buyers that we don't potentially know. And I mean, I think we both probably know way more than we would lead on to believe but like we just keep it all in our head there's yeah. not a there's not a you know oh hey we need a cash buyer for single families it's like well we'll sit there and we start looking at each other we're like what about john what about fred what about joe and it's like well yeah but like that's not efficient use of time or energy so yeah
0: yeah um, one thing that we are, we always talk about here is systems and we get that from the coaching program that we're all a part of and it's mm-hmm. without the systems, you wouldn't be able to say, you wouldn't be able to hire, like say an acquisitions manager or a dispositions manager to resell your properties because they would have right. to search through your head for all of your, uh, for all of your buyers. So it's awesome <laughs> that you guys are taking it to the next level. I mean, but the thing that I want to key in with you guys is that you guys didn't let anything stop you from starting. You didn't say, okay, I need to have these systems in place. I need to read this book. I need to do this before I even start to get my first property. It sounds like you guys took the bull by the horns and like went straight forward. So where are you guys going from now? You said that you guys graduated or grew up into, um, large multifamily and large commercial. Can we talk more about that?
3: Well, So I think coming back to what you sort of started there is systems. We really realized walking out of like meeting with everyone last or in October, like that we don't have good systems. Like we are, we are the system right now and we need to enforce. So like we've started to work on those. Um, We have someone who's doing like our project management, but we sort of just threw him out there and like, he's just been doing stuff and he's like running around the home Depot and this and that. And like, that's our first thing. Yes, sure. but, but even I'm looking at it, I'm like, his time's not as being used as efficiently as it should be either. So we're working on that, putting that fully into systemat- systemizing that. Like, um, you know, we just throw a lot of broken chains. So we're sort of at the same point, hey, like, let's, we've been sort of bold bull head, putting our head down and like, like, okay, we got to check off these 12 open projects that we're flipping right now. Like, let's get it down to five. And work on the systems, and then in January first, really like start to rework on doing some new marketing and this and that to expand what we're growing. Um, you know, and sort of where we've gone with the commercial has been an advertising. Um, you know, we've done a little bit of mailing for that, and you know, I think that's our larger route to go in the back end. Um, but you need to have the same systems you would no matter what to do that so and we're realizing like even we so we had to start with a new bank with our big one of our larger commercial properties we just bought and our other bank had the feature when you deposit a check there you can see every check that you deposit the new bank just says a number on it so we're like well what rents have we collected and we're like we can't check that Hmm. so now we're like figure out how what rents we've actually collected from the seven tenants and what cam charges we've back charged to and collected
1: so you
3: know it's like simple problems that if you had had a system ahead of time you wouldn't have that problem but we don't have that system so we're realizing more and more of everything we do that we were just being the system not creating a system
1: Hmm. so that's great so right go ahead
2: I was going to say, to, to kind of have help answer Pewley's question, I think both of us have the idea that you know, the bigger long-term wealth can be attained through through the commercial. I mean, we're not, it's not that we're not doing any of the residential stuff right now, um, but we'd really like to kind of build from the ground up. But basically, what Chris was just saying is to, to tie in the commercial for that, where we just you know, throw an extra zero or two on the, on the deal. It doesn't take any more work for that particular deal. And in some cases, I think it'll actually be easier. Um, but just a better, if we can have that systemized, uh, we both feel that that's just a longer term wealth building play or better long-term wealth building play.
1: That's great. So what are you reaching right now? You're, you're doing mailings. And so in context, what are you looking for specifically out there? What's the real house? Cause I see you guys, I guess let's, let's first set the groundwork with, your current investments, because you gave us a good run through, but uh, I, I know you have a couple other investments and now why you're you're specifically going after certain asset types.
3: I don't know if we have a set asset type, yeah. to tell the truth. <laughs> okay. Um, you know, I think I, I, there's certain things we know we definitely don't want to get involved with. Um, you know, like from a major, like pure retail play, like that's not necessarily something we wanna be involved with in our area, um, unless it were to come across and be on like our hugely massive trade route you know, where you had a huge daily car counts. Um, what else don't we want? We don't ever want another car wash. We have a car wash. Don't advise more. buying another car wash. Uh, can tell everyone that. Don't wanna develop from scratch again. We've developed from scratch on a, a self-storage facility. Um, you know, and it's at the point, oh, I had to put money in that account. It's at the point where, <laughs> uh, and, uh like, it's at a point where we're not losing money per se, but all we're doing is sort of covering expenses, um, which for the first two years, it just lost money because we were developing it. Mm-hmm. You know, I don't think we realized how long of a period of development really takes. Um, you know, so it's like, we thought it'd be year and a half and we're now sort of in second year of owning the structure and then like the first full year of operations yeah. and we still we're at another point where we're another 12 months we'll be in really good shape and probably be able to actually refinance it or sell it um but yeah we didn't account for it to be a three-year thing so yeah. i mean it's probably no different than any rehab on a residential side where oh it's going to take two weeks it takes five like um same sort of scenario. Yeah, so. Scale
0: up a little bit. You guys are awesome. I mean, yeah, it's fun. I, <laughs> it's, it, like, I it's,
1: guess, go ahead. well, in terms of, it, let's say, just the, the ground up development, it, what's something you would set in place next time? If they, So you're not going to do it again, but just on another project, just so you can have a better time frame associated with it.
2: I think it's, I mean, I think there's that. I think, I don't know if we, it's not that we wouldn't ever do it. I think it's the timing of when to do it. Um, you know, one other piece to that, yeah, that three year period is we've got a good chunk of our own money in the project that's just tied up into it, um, and I think that's something that we underestimated that time, so it's money that's in a project that we can't access right now so we I think we underestimated that piece of it, yeah, development, I think no different than any rehab project you know you hear people saying you know don't start don't start flipping houses unless you have a hundred grand in the bank like we didn't listen to that at all. Um, really understand the value in that though. Um, can't be underfunded on a project, um, put yourself in a bad spot or potentially can, it can, it just stunts growth too. Um, so yeah, I mean, I think would we ever, we wouldn't shut the door to not doing a development project down the road. It's just, I think down the road we'll be in a better position financially where it's you know, we can account for that three year lockup of, of actual cash. Or, or structure it properly with yeah. investors
3: or that that, yeah. we're not going to actually bring cash in. Um, but at the time it's, it's, yeah, it's just not, it's <laughs> not a priority <laughs> right now. Yeah. So, you know, That's it's right. like, we'd like to, we'd like to like the one we just bought, the bigger office building we just bought, it's, you know, we closed, September 25th. September 25th. And we had 25 grand in the account. And now there's $69,000. So it's like, you know, over that time, there's fifty or $45,000 of cash that's accumulated. And we're paying down debt and all expenses on a monthly basis. So it's like, sort of like, wow, that's a lot of money, sort of. And we collectively put really like five or 10 hours of management. in, and, right, yeah. and we've taken a management fee on the property. So...
2: Great. So they, yeah. So Jason, what well, we're kind of focused on, what we are looking for is something that's maybe mismanaged, you know, needs a little bit of work. It's just there's add on value to it, but something that's actually up and running. So we can capitalize on some type of cash coming in from day one.
1: That's great. Yeah. And also I'm sure debt structure is a lot easier too, right? If you walk in the door and it's somewhat performing. So that's yeah. amazing. Let's talk about the office. Uh, so what stood out about that one to buy it?
2: It was too good to be true. Like, honestly.
1: We like, like, yep.
2: Yeah, we still scratch our heads like what? Because the guy was literally, he was offered hundreds of thousands of dollars or more. And uh, we put the time in, you know, so I guess we can talk more of it. So it's a 20,000 square foot medical building. Um, literally came from our first batch of commercial mailers that literally was no different than what we target for houses just said, we're interested in buying your, your building. And that, that was it. Um, and, uh, yeah, so that was literally a year ago, the last week it was, it was about a year ago that we got the first, first conversation with the guy and we met with him, I don't know, four or five times. Um, and he liked us. Um, he just didn't realize the value of his building. Um, and didn't, still, and didn't want it. Like he was, he done, was mentally, done, yeah. it was
3: no different than any of the real estate, you know, that people are looking to have to flip or to wholesale. Like he was mentally sold the property and checked out of running the property. Yeah. And, you know, no matter what, no one was going to convince him that this was a good property to own. um And he just wanted to be done with it and walk away with his money and, you know, from That standpoint, point, we were the first people and the last people he wanted to talk to. So
1: that's great,
0: nice, great timing.
1: Yeah, 100%. Now, the building itself, you, you went in there, it was just too good to be true. I it just when you did this mailing, were you, were you just lucky enough that it was his name on it and you were able to, to mail right to him, or you just mailed to an LLC's? Or
2: his name was, I mean, we just blanketed a, a our whole county. At, at, it, it, yeah. It no, it wasn't a targeted mailing. It was just it, it was a commercial building in the county that we live in, and we were just testing something new. And yeah, I mean, Chris underwrote at the bank, and so it, once we got all the leases in, he's just like, he's like, man, he's like, I've gone through this like a hundred times. He's like, I don't know what I'm missing. He's like, this. So we bought the building for one point nine. He's like. It's worth like two point eight as it sits, like based on the current rents. Uh, you know, of uh, an eight and a half cap. Like it's not. He's like, what am I missing? And he hands it to me. I'm like, I'm not. I'm not the, the the numbers guy like him. But you know, going through it, I'm like, yeah. It just that's what we say. saying. It's like too good to be true. Like, so in, and then as well though, like, so he the
3: owner was very happy to like sell it, and so he is. Works as a periodontal surgeon for one of the dental practices within the uh, building, and he sold his practice like five or six years ago to a private equity company that owns, I think they own like 160 practices or something dental practices. Um, so it's, it's a very strong tenant, and they occupied just over a quarter of the building, um, and their their lease was up. Or actually Was their lease? Up, it was, was coming up option. They had a yeah. they had an option that they hadn't renewed, and we're like, well, you know, like we'd really like you to sign get the five year renewal on that. And yep. he actually threatened to quit, like the company, to get wow. the renewal signed. Like he nice. would to sell the property, so which it was pretty cool to see that. And I was like, and he sent the voicemails, and like it. It <laughs> he was angry at these people that they weren't going to renew the lease. So, um, but yeah. I think, and that's the biggest thing with the, the larger commercial stuff is is there is a lot of homework um, and you know, there were six leases in place of a seven unit building and each lease is 20 to 30 pages and you have to read every page because there could be a little carve out in there that could very adversely affect you and they could, as a tenant, they could back out for certain reasons or there could be monetary reasons that you might have to pay them in the future that if you're not cognizant of that reading all your leases that could really affect you, you know, in their first year of renewal, they might have a hundred thousand dollar tenant improvement that you might have to have. And, you know, I mean, real estate's sort of a steady, anything like if you had to pay a hundred grand out of pocket for that building, that, that could very adversely affect you. If you're not able to plan on that. So I think anyone looking at commercials should be, very willing to read and don't trust like anyone else to do it. Um, is my standpoint at this point, um, lawyers can make sure you're in a good legal position, but they're not going to be a financial planner for you yeah. in that perspective. Um, you know, whereas a residential building like residential lease, a residential lease, like they're usually a year and they're not going to have any of those little um, things in there that might, might affect you that way. So, at least I've never seen a residential lease where, you know, you're gonna to have to do tenant improvements after a year or something.
0: That's well, that great. was all great advice. Yeah. That was some awesome, some awesome, awesome advice. So if I'm if I'm a new, okay, I have my, I've been flipping for a while. I've been wholesaling for a while, but I'm new to the multifamily aspect. As a new multifamily investor, what would you tell me?
3: Uh, it's a multifamily investor. Or, I would,
0: uh, not uh, like or commercial. commercial. Yeah. Multifamily, commercial. large multifamily or commercial.
1: Moving away from single tenant or yes. just single, uh single family.
3: Um
0: and how did you guys start? What was the first thing you did?
2: In commercial for commercial for anything outside of we did well it was, <laughs> no. it was we started really with the car wash. I mean the car wash was technically
3: a commercial thing. Yeah. Um and you know, I mean, sort of. We both have backgrounds in commercial lending and banking, so I've treated banking, like banking people, as like very a very friendly relationship. And I feel like a lot of people are sort of hostile or scared of that relationship. And I think I think it should be much more of a like give take. Like, hey, let's go have lunch um, and just talk about this deal, and then you know, and talk to them ahead of time. Like. This week I've met with two bankers just to meet them, so in case we ever need money, I can call them up and I already know them. It's a warm relationship um, versus trying to chase the money on the back end for that sort of stuff. Um, I think that's usually the first thing because then they're going to look at the deal too. And you know, if you send a thing to if you send a deal to three bankers and they all look at it and want to propose terms on it then there's usually a good deal. Like, I mean, if you're betting a hundred out of three, like that's a tends to be a good deal. Unless the market's just that hot that everyone wants to give out money. But mm-hmm. um, and then if you really if they start to give it more and more aggressive terms on it, then you know it's an even better deal. And if the loan of values when um, I mean, we just we just sent a deal out to three people, a smaller commercial building and we got a 15 year term, 15 year amort, a 15 year term, 20 year amort and a 15 year term, 25 year amort on it. So it's like sent it to three people and all three people came back and you know, some of it, I mean, it's 10 year money on a 25 year amort at 5% um, at 80% loan to value. So for commercials, so that, that's a pretty good, and no, there's no prepayment. And I mean, it ended up, it just, it's getting close like that, got close to where residential lending is at, so.
0: That's amazing advice. Thank you so much for that
1: yeah i would say it's it's great because you want to use your team to your advantage right so you're going to underwrite it but if you put it out to the powers that be your lenders if you have a property manager and have other people do the homework with you too if if the stars align then it's all in your power right there and hopefully you know if they're the right lender and the right property management company for you they're the ones who are going to catch something for you and say no wait this this is not right there's there's something off here and come back to you with more questions so yeah that's awesome yeah,
0: your advice regarding bankers yeah you you say the word banker to many real estate investors actually to most of the population of the earth and people usually cringe because they think money they think bankers they think uh paperwork but just what you said like as we network with each other as real estate investors we should also be networking with bankers because they have the money and we want
2: the money yeah. And the good thing with commercial is it's it's actually a lot. I mean, you can negotiate a lot better. I mean, there's room for negotiation in rate, like the medical building. Chris put it in front of five banks, took bits and pieces from everybody's commitment and kind of created, a, he created our own loan and fished that out after, you know, after everybody else came back with their best and somebody bit on all the best terms and pieces of the loan. And it's a lot different on the residential side where and there's a lot of regulation with that. So it's actually easier to get financing on the commercial stuff. And, and they took us out to a
3: baseball game and yeah. gave us, brought us beer and food like yeah. before we even signed any home <laughs>
1: There you go. Uh,
0: so that's why you went with them. Baseball game and beer. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> right.
1: So where, where are you guys going to be in five years? What's the goal? What's the aim?
2: that's part of our process here of 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 our, of goal setting. So we, we, we honestly haven't thought we, we, in our past, we, we think out, like, we'll sit down. We do, we do, we, I can say, we, you know, we sit down once a year, like, Hey, is this still something we want to do? All right. What do we want to do for the year? So the last year was the most detailed I think we got of looking out five years. Um, But I think that especially after this past meeting and joining the group, I think actually changed for both of us a lot of the bigger picture thinking. Um, and so I think we're both going to sit down at some point, I think once we're, it's something we need, we'd like to sit down and, and do again. So, what I And I think it's, and that's a, that's a broad question. It's
3: And I think it's also like, not just where you want to be, but it's what, what do you want to be doing on a day-to-day task? And it's like, yeah, you know, I, we still currently run around and are wearing all the hats. And I think it's more of coming back and, being in more of a managerial role versus a jack-of-all-trades role. Um that We both are yeah. on the same page of, at this point. I, I'm speaking for him. I haven't, uh, yeah. We haven't talked about that, but I know he's of the same, at least I hope he's the same mindset right now. Um, so, you know, and coming to that and how can we do that to get to whatever we do think we need to go? So. Mm-hmm. But, well,
0: it sounds like so you guys kind also, of figured out a goal there to get
2: yourself more into managerial. I feel like we've got a handful of them that popped out. This is yeah. good. We'll have to watch oh, this
3: again. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but so like our January meeting, we, we sat down and we said, you know, we don't want to buy anything that doesn't make money, um, whether, unless it's a flip, you know, so like that sort of cross out, but um, that was the beginning of this year. Mm-hmm. We don't want to buy anything to hold. That's not worth at least half a million dollars. Um, Ideally, I think we threw out the number of we wanted to buy ten million dollars worth of
2: I think we properties did, yeah. this
3: year, which which we're not quite there, but like we're, we're not, not too far, super off, yeah. far from there. Um, and then, Those I are the I, big keys. Yeah. yeah, It was, and then it was like, just keep flipping and increase our wholesaling. Yeah, um, which we haven't done as well as we should have. So yeah. just because we've been doing other stuff, yeah, yeah. and yeah. haven't didn't have systems, probably would have put systems on there as the number one goal yeah. at this point. But yeah.
1: So if you're a brand new investor who maybe possibly this is the first podcast they've listened to, what is an actual step you can give someone to take today to get going on their journey?
2: I think Peely mentioned the first is, is is getting in front of other like-minded people. So whatever RIA group is there, that's I think that's the first step. Um, and then reaching out to people like us. I think that's an, and an inviting somebody out for coffee. The, the amount of times that we get calls now, of people wanting to get involved just because they know who we are, um, reach out to people that are doing something that you want to do and sit down and, and buy them a cup of coffee and pick their brain. It's awesome. It's nice. great.
0: I also want to add to this. And I think this is what made me think, wow, these guys, these guys sound like Jason's best friends. It's the- <laughs> It's sort of the shiny object syndrome. At one point, Jason wanted to buy into a donut shop. Yeah, it was Ooh. it was an it was an awesome proposal. They had awesome donuts, but we were just.
1: <laughs> it was a great move. I know it too because someone just opened one up here, a franchise, and I knew it. And I, 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 knew, I, it. I, uh, I knew it. You knew it,
0: but it's again, it's a shiny. I saw the object.
1: trends, but I, I just didn't have the time. But you know, I, I'll kick myself over that one. But the
0: thing I, is, it sounds like what you guys do is you guys grab the by the horns and you guys go and do it. And that's the, that sounds like the biggest thing that the biggest, um, I guess value that mm-hmm. I'm getting out of this podcast right now is that you guys are just, you guys are doers. Mm-hmm. And that's what a lot of, that's what a lot of, um, investors are lacking in is the ability to do, to get over whatever mindset, whatever, whatever blockage they have and just do. So that's what I think you're giving to our, our yeah, listeners right now.
3: It could be your biggest attribute and biggest detriment. Yeah. Sure. <laughs> so we have one other shiny object. We just bought an oil well uh, about two months ago. So yeah, that's that's your donut top. There you
1: <laughs> that's,
0: go.
3: That's yeah.
1: awesome. What's the play there?
3: Uh, that it pumps oil out. this.
1: <laughs> yes. There you go. Yeah. There you go. Uh, it's, so, it's,
0: so, you know what, Jason, I'll let you open up your donut shop in that case. <laughs>
1: someone, someone already did the data, so I got it, but there's other places.
0: Well, before we leave you guys, we have a few other questions we'd like to ask you. What are some words that you live by? Your quotes.
2: <laughs> <laughs> quotes. Oh, man. I should have invited my wife. So
0: <laughs> That's a good quote.
2: Oh, I'm good.
3: Um, I don't know. I don't know if I necessarily, like, have anything I specifically, like, live by as a quote. Uh,
2: Uh, You know what? I mean, what we just talked about is, like, just just go out and, and do something. Like, I mean, even if it, you know, cause some type of havoc... Um, and figure it out, like, yeah. I, just figure it out. No, nice. have that. About- um, so then I went to
3: Catholic school and it was sort of a, so we are on everything. It was AMDG, which was Latin. Um, and I'm absolutely horrible Latin and I failed it twice. So I'm not going to go into that, but, um, it was like, basically just help your brothers out and do one to others as you would want done yourself. Um, you know, and I think that's sort of like, you know, I mean, we, I think we're both very much like, Hey, how can I help you? How can I help you? You know? And Hey, what do you like? I'm, I'm bored. Like, can I do that instead of what I'm doing? And then. Um you know, and just try to try to be that mentality and yeah you know, it's the same thing as like just talking to the newer investors and you know talking to people and trying to help and get stuff done um which it's can also be a detriment too, because we probably don't put ourselves in as much of a manager or role as we want to be all the time because we start to just try to help out, and we're more than willing both of us to just hop in a car and just come help something, get something done um, which is, it's probably part of that shiny object syndrome. It's like, yeah, let's just go get it done. Like, and it's like, probably should have sat in the car and just, yeah. Yeah.
2: Well, that's good. Good.
3: That's a good point.
1: That's great though. It gets you you to it. It gets you going though. Right. So, Mm -hmm. so if there, there's people out there that want to hear more about your story, maybe want to get on your buyer's list, where, where, where's a place that they can reach you? (laughs)
2: are <laughs> very unprepared for this. Uh-huh. Uh, we
1: we <laughs> should have, have the one. fact sheet. Right? Uh, no. no, no, carry a pigeon. Yeah, there you go. Perfect.
0: Carry a pigeon.
3: Awesome. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> uh, Facebook will be the best because we don't have a website. Yeah. Um,
1: uh, email, yeah. You
3: know. We have a website. Could use a website maker recommendation. Website. <laughs> so yeah. I'm gonna
0: in the show notes. I'm gonna put email uh, or
2: phone is is. Is good, yes,
1: perfect. Perfect.
0: perfect,
2: perfect.
1: Facebook email, yeah, for me. But I think what you just said though is great. You, you have all this going on, you have all these properties, and you, you don't have a website. And it's it just another reason that you hear out there, Well, I don't have a business card yet, I don't have a website, so I can't go out there, I don't have the LLC, so I can't go out there and buy real estate. Well, look what they've just done right here.
3: we we didn't have web or we didn't have business cards until we went to the (laughs) october half after chris uh,
2: overnighted them the night before
0: there you go amazing it's awesome (laughs) i love it i love it you guys thank you so very very much so appreciated appreciative to you and to all of our listeners out there
3: thanks for having us thank you for having us
0: thank you so this is the rei foundation podcast with jason and peely Thank you so much to Chris Sieslack <laughs> and Rick Doherty. Thank you so very much. Have a great day. Bye now.
2: Right. Okay.
0: Thanks for tuning into the REI Foundation podcast. Check back next time for more awesome tips and strategies to launch your
2: new you in real estate.